Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, Do me a favor, before we get started here, find that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Go ahead and give it a click. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Consequence of Sound. Would love to keep you up to date on every single one of those. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Cherry Glazer, talking with uh, Clementine Creevy. Clem, as she goes by. Cherry Glazer's just put out a new record called Stuffed and Ready. It is a monster. In fact, we're going to talk about that huge new sound that has a lot to do with modifying a guitar. She's a big guitar fan, so we're going to get into the weeds on that one as well. There's also some discussion on working with Psychic Temple while she was doing this record, getting some stories behind songs, Daddy and Wasted None and Self-Explain. Three songs that take on big issues, whether it be the patriarchy, self-destruction, or solitude. We'll also talk about connecting to her early work as it was written when she was uh, pretty young, her big dream for the future, getting her own beer, the Glaze Effect beer, and beating scalpers. There's a lot going on in this interview. It's Kyle Meredith with Cherry Glazer. Hi, Kyle from Louisville. How are you? It's Clem. <laughs> All the props on, on Stuffed and Ready. It's a powerful, massive Thank record. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was so much fun to make. It's a, I, I think I read about, you know, you kind of went into this wanting to be a bigger sound, right? Was that part of it? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to make an album of, like, big studio rock bangers. Well, I guess from what I know from reading about you and everything, you're a, you're a guitar fanatic, and I'm sure that plays into it. But have mm-hmm. you have you ever been interested in creating your own guitar? Yeah, I would love that. The guitar I play now is modded, so I just it's an it's like a new Fender Strat. It's an American Strat. It's a Strat standard that I got in 2017, and it's nice because it's like it's a perfect guitar for me. It's like punchy and and loud and makes these big punchy clean sound that i love it's great rock guitar but i we modded it so we we took out like everything but the 
humbucker pickup, which is the one that I use. So everything is kind of like wiped out from it. So there's two holes where the old pickups used to be. And then there's a humbucker pickup and there's no tone knob. They're just a volume knob. And I would love to, I would love to make that guitar and like have a version of it that I could, that could be like my signature model. There's some great artists. Well, I mean, there's great artists that's done that through history and everything. But uh, but yeah. but I feel like that that is happening more and more lately. That you kind of hear that, like you, like you, you know, you finally find your perfect sound or, or the one you're interested in yeah. actually at the moment. And then it's like, okay, I want to make that. I want. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because it's like it makes it even louder and it, and a little bit and a little bit more a little bit more aggressive sounding, and it's also lighter. Which is nice. That's why this record, I guess, sounds the way it does in, in that way. It, it, did you know finding that guitar and working with the sound come first, or having a, a, a vision for the album kind of direct mm. you toward that guitar? Mm. Hmm, that's a good question. I think maybe a little bit of both. It's kind of serendipitous. It was it, they sort of came together. I think I was touring with the guitar before we started recording, and so it definitely inspired me a little bit. But also, I stacked million guitars, which is something I always do. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Think, yeah, thanks. It's so much fun. I, why not? You know. <laughs> I know this is a you know <laughs> as, as part of the story goes. I mean, this is the second version of this album. You know, there was an earlier version you weren't as happy with, and I feel like that's always a big step for a band, and I mean, potentially puts a lot on, on the line. I, I don't know if that felt like. Yeah. Uh, jumping off of a cliff or not, but especially when you have record labels and everything else involved, was that a scary moment? Yeah, it was. It was a decision that had to be made, though, and I felt comfortable after I had made it. It's not. I wasn't necessarily not happy with the with the other record. I love the other record. It just wasn't what I wanted to put out at this time. It's sort of softer and more meandering and has more of a live feel. And I wanted to put out an album that was more massive and hard-hitting with monster jams <laughs> i yeah, forget what you said wanted, a minute ago <laughs> and I, I had to, yeah yeah um i and i wanted to like craft songs and with the help of carlos i feel like i i really was able to do that he pushed me to write the best songs that i could mm-hmm. and it was great now at the same time were you doing the uh so you did uh also collaborated with psychic temple which came out it was yeah. at the end of the year and everything. And I don't know, was that all happening at the same time? Yeah, it was. We had like a little bit of a break. And so we went out to the desert and recorded that album. And it was so much fun. It, it really taught me to like sort of just like forget about everything and drop everything and just do and just do it, you know, and, and not worry about having all the right stuff. And I don't know, it taught me to jump into something. And we recorded the whole album in like, 24 hours i think and it was really fun chris brings a lot of like good energy out of everyone he's around i feel like yeah what a cool situation to be in but but sort of unique because you were right in the middle of you know kind of constructing something that's that's why i was curious if one kind of rubbed off on the other um i think in a way maybe i was definitely like primed for the studio but with the experience with chris it was like, drop everything, go to the desert, don't worry about it, figure out the songs and what they're going to be when we get out there. And that was really just eye-opening, eye-opening and cool for me and, and really taught me to stop and think about what it is that is success for me, which is making music with my friends. 
Now, when you look at the press release of uh, of Stuffed and Ready, it, you know, in a way, it almost makes it sound like not going as political as he did on the previous record was sort of an act of defiance against your own self. But, you know, I, I've heard you yeah. say also plenty of times that, you know, I mean, personal songs are protest songs, or, or at least they can be. And, and I guess these certainly still fit that bill, to me at least, as a listener. I don't know if they do it to you as well. Oh, yeah, of course. I think my idea on it is that people and art makers are a product of their society. And so music made by people will inherently reflect the society around them. So I think things are inherently political a lot of the time. Especially, I mean, when you're writing, when you're writing about yourself, and I guess the themes that you're writing about, you know, and again, I don't know if it's just kind of coincidence, because a lot of these topics are what we are discussing daily, you know, whether it be in news Mm -hmm. or, or with our friends or whatever. But I mean, it's, it seems like the perfect album for the perfect time as far as what you're saying. Yeah, I feel really good about it. It felt like an honest thing that I made. And especially, you know, we'll get into that first single then with with, uh, with Daddy. I, yeah. I, I guess I should ask you to explain this because I definitely don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Daddy is a, is a 100% satirical song about the humor in how crushing the patriarchy can be. And like anything oppressive, sometimes the only way to comprehend and justify it within yourself is to like lay on the floor and start cracking up because it's so crazy. And the song is a lot about that feeling of, of just like overwhelming, overwhelming patriarchy. (laughs) Well, it's got the great line in it. One of my favorites from the record, uh, smoking makes me taste like metal to keep you away. Yeah. Satirical as it may be that does that have, is that from a real instance at all? Yeah, it is. I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes and I don't know, something about something about it was sort of like reclaiming my own space, you know, and you can do these sort of self-destructive things, I think, when you are under the pressure of something that is soul crushing. Right. Well, you know, I'll take I'll take another single from it then, too, with with uh, Wasted None. I mean, in in one sense, it feels like you know it's it's written in character, but but I guess as to what you're talking about, uh, I I also I guess I'm assuming that it's also a reflection of yourself, and 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 if so, what's the path to confidence in a song like this? It is it is in character. It's sort of about a woman who wants to find power in the world, but is stagnated by her own self destruction, and um, I don't know. I think it's something that. I see within myself that I want to try to grapple with, and the song is me working through that. By the way, the symbolism of nuns and, and that video—I mean, it's it's easy to navigate <laughs> toward horror. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. With a loud song, and you throw in any religious iconography, and you've you, you've got your set set up for a, a pretty good treatment at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I want to hear one more song too with with self explained and 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 I know mm-hmm. this has also been talked about a lot in the interviews. You know, as as you as you kind of center in on solitude on, on this one, I, I'm just I, I I did an interview recently with Juliana Hatfield and a oh, a cool. lot of her I new record, yeah, a lot of her new record, mm-hmm. uh, the, the weird record, 
she does it as an homage to solitude. She's like, you know what? This is me and this is what I like and I shouldn't be ashamed of this. And I almost feel like, you know, this is sort of hitting on the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think as humans, we want to like congregate and we're fulfilled by, by socialization, but there's also, or socializing, but there's also within all of us a need for, for solitude. And, and, and that isn't something that, uh, I think is necessarily um, celebrated. And I think it's something that we have to find within ourselves and celebrate for ourselves. And, you know, that's harder to do than than stuff that is um, sort of publicly celebrated, for sure. I mean, I I grappled with that for, uh, I feel, a a lot of years as well. And and having, yeah. you know, Juliana take it on and, and having you take it on with this song right here. It is. It makes me feel mm. a little bit better about it. I like being inside. I, yeah. I, I like being away from yeah. the things, you know, and the peoples. Definitely. Of course. Yeah, you're not alone in that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, now now as you have several records under your belt and, and to have mm. your early material written, I guess, so young, do you still feel connected to that? Because I know a lot of artists tend to find mm. themselves embarrassed by their early work. But, you know, it's... <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't feel that way. I'm not embarrassed by my early work. I, I, I. Sometimes I think it's kind of funny, but no. I try to have love and respect for my early work, but it is a little bit of a practice. I, I think that's something I found recently. I've, I've, I've learned to practice sort of a trust in the process and sort of tried to practice a, a, a love and respect for my early work for sure. Well, I've uh, always been a fan of, of of what you put out and everything. What what happens Thank next you. for you? I mean, the record is out, and, and I'm guessing you know that's that's yeah. kind of sets the year into play for you. But is there uh, yeah. you know any other big fun moments you got in the in the uh, in the future? Right now, my goal is to headline the Hollywood Bowl. All right, <laughs> yes. And I just I don't know. I get so excited about playing live, and I, I feel very natural on the road. I, I love playing every night. It's my favorite thing to do, and I feel really lucky and grateful that I'm in a band that that is able to do that. So I like the idea of taking that and running with it. I've had some stage ideas too. And I'm also thinking about the next record, obviously. It's funny. It's like this record came out, but I'm just like, oh yeah, stuff's ready. Yeah, that old thing. Yeah, whatever. I'm <laughs> I'm completely on the next record. <laughs> the next one. Uh, I'll point out, you know, uh, one fun thing that I noticed that uh, th- there is now, uh, you've got your own beer, the Glaze Effect beer. Yeah. <laughs> who did this and, and what's the uh, what's the what's the deal behind it well this guy grant from a brewing company in chicago reached out to me i guess we have some mutual friends and he knows my family i have a big family out in chicago and um he hit me up and was like let's design a beer together to sell at your show at the bottom lounge and i was like oh my god that's the best thing ever yeah so yeah we worked together on the beer and the flavor palette and the design he got this great artist to do the design based on a few ideas that the both of us had and i wanted to do i i like pilsners and i like blondales i don't like ipas i think they're just kind of they're so like over i feel like i'm just over it with ipas you know so i was really excited that he could do a blondale um and i'm really excited to it's try so cool. it. and i'll echo you by the way i can't of course attest to the to the taste i have not tasted it but the can looks awesome <laughs> did i see that you all um i mean you kind of took on the scalpers recently and maybe and maybe one yeah. i don't know did, what, what what happened there yeah well 
we were surprised that one of our shows in L.A. sold out just a few days after it was put on sale. So we looked into it and realized that some fucking scalper had swooped up a large portion of tickets. Um, and it was the venue and our manager who caught it. And thankfully, they did. And we don't like scalpers, obviously. Fuck that shit. So we reclaimed the tickets and put new ones on sale. I know a lot of artists are trying to figure that game out and, and to see you, yeah. you know, not taking that from them. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's huge. Oh, yeah, definitely. I go to a lot of shows personally, and I would be upset. So I just think about that. Right, right. Well, well thank you for, you know keeping the eye on that and, and taking that stuff on. But, uh, you know, on the bigger issue here, congratulations again on Stuffed and Ready. Uh, even if it is that old record, you know. That... <laughs> Thank you so much. No, it's so fun to listen to this one. And, uh, and Clem, thanks again for taking the time to talk to me today. We'll see you. Thank you. Thanks for a great interview. Have yeah. a great rest of the weekend. You too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, my thanks to Clem. Cherry Glazer's new record, Stuffed and Ready, it's out now. And if you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from, whether that's uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, Acast, Podchaser, wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit the subscribe button and keep up with us. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Head over to consequenceofsound.net for all your music and film news needs. You can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. Does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.